The title of our Christmas series this year, A Weary World Rejoices, is taken from the classic Christmas song, O Holy Night. It has a most fascinating backstory. In 1847, the French poet Placide Capot was commissioned to write a Christmas poem by his parish priest. And even though Placide was not much of a churchgoer, he used the Gospel of Luke as his guide, and he tried to imagine being on the scene when Jesus was born. I'm sure many of us have done the same thing. Well, the poem was eventually titled Cantique Noel and was set to music by one of Capo's friends, a well-known musician in the town named Adolph Charles Adams. Now, Adams was Jewish, and so he didn't celebrate Christmas. But nonetheless, he went to work, and three weeks later, Cantique Noel was performed at the Midnight Mass. Well, initially the song was widely embraced by churches around the region. However, eventually, after church leaders learned that Capot had walked away from the church and that Adolf was Jewish and had political leanings the church didn't embrace, they banned the song. Well, they tried to. French Christians still sang it, and eventually it made its way to America. John Sullivan Dwight, a minister and a passionate opponent of slavery at the time of the Civil War, was particularly taken with the third verse of the song. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Dwight's translation of the song, the one we sing to this day, became immensely popular. It became an instant classic. But that's not all. Years later, in 1906, a 33-year-old professor named Reginald Fessenden, using a new type of generator, spoke into a microphone. And for the first time in history, a man's voice was broadcast. After he finished reading the Christmas story, Fessenden took out his violin and played and sang O Holy Night, making it the first song ever played on the radio. What a backstory. Well, how about the 2020 story? What can we do to write part of that story this year? This year, each message in our Christmas series is based on a biblical text that gives meaning and depth to some of the lyrics in O Holy Night, and you'll recognize these titles each week. Pastor Brian will lead off the series in just a moment with his message, A Thrill of Hope, as we celebrate Advent Hope. And then the subsequent message as, messages, as you see, will pick up the themes. His law is love and his gospel is peace as we celebrate Christmas peace. Sweet hymns of joy as we celebrate Christmas joy. And perhaps my very favorite, is this beautiful, beautiful lyric about how all the soul, his soul, felt its worth as we celebrate Christmas love. My Christmas Eve message will be titled, A Weary World Rejoices. And then on Christmas Day, we'll have a devotional set up on our website for you to access at any time you want on Christmas Day called For Yonder Breaks, A New and glorious morn. I think we would all agree that in 2020, our weary world is weary. Our world is weary. Yet as Christians, we know the hope, the love, the joy and peace of Jesus 
are just the gifts our weary world needs. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us for this Christmas journey. And I pray that God will use our theme song to draw you closer to his side and remind you of the beauty of the gift of Jesus. In just a moment, we're going to sing and we're going to worship together. And then Pastor Brian is going to come and get us started with our series. But before he does, let me pray for us today. God, we thank you so much for calling us close to your side to experience you in a new and a fresh way this Advent season. God, we, we do recognize that 2020 is so unique. It is one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences, and we do recognize that our world is weary. And God, it is just like you to step into the midst of the messiness and the weariness of our world and to help us to experience Jesus in a new way. So God, we do pray that you would use us as instruments of hope as you remind us of the hope that we have in you. Oh God, we pray that you would give us this, this steadiness and this calm and this peace during this Advent season as only you can give that even as the world is weary and even as the storms may swirl, you grant us your peace. Lord, thank you for the depth of your joy that never fades. Thank you for your love that we find in Jesus. So God, we turn our hearts and our minds to you. And we ask for a fresh blessing. Reveal yourself to us in a new way this Advent season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Earlier we heard the Clarks share about Advent hope when they lit the first candle of the Advent wreath. And yes, this morning is all about hope. It's about the thrill of hope. Before we dive in, I want to emphasize that we're really talking about hope. We throw this word hope around a lot, but the hope that we're focusing on this morning, it's different from a long shot wish or a desire for something superfluous. Generally speaking, hope is cherishing something with anticipation. As we think about hope this morning, we're talking about hopes that speak to the true longings of our hearts. This is different from hoping that you'll win the lottery or hoping that this team will win that game. We lean in to hope together, not merely rolling the dice and hoping for the best, but through faith, we are genuinely expecting that our hopes can and will be realized. A little over a year ago, I lived with a lot of hope. A little over a year ago, my wife had twins and a great, enormous hope that we lived with was that they would sleep through the night. We longed for it and we waited for it expectantly. On nights when they would be up every couple of hours and we were exhausted, it felt like this was so far away, but there was a little glimmer of hope on the horizon. We saw it ahead of us, and though we, wouldn't sure, we weren't sure when our hopes would be realized, we waited for it. 
we leaned on the words of others who had gone before us, who promised us it will get better. These assurances and these words of people who had done this before formed in me a very legitimate hope that I repeated to myself most nights. And sure enough, our hopes were realized over the summer. And now I enjoy not only the fact that the boys sleep through the night, but I enjoy it even more so when I reflect on that longing and that desire I had for that hope to be realized. That's a big example of hope that I've clung to recently. But what about other hopes? What hopes have you clung to recently? What about the recent cause for hope as we see headlines that are, for once, somewhat positive? The news of a handful of vaccines maybe being ready soon, that brings us hope. We have hope that there will be healing, that there'll be no more pain or death from this virus, and that maybe even normalcy will come back at some point next year. This is a real hope that we're anticipating that if everything continues to progress, will come true and be realized. Hope is an excellent theme to start Advent, and I'm not standing here patting OTCC on the back here. Christians around the world are worshiping this morning with hope on their minds as they begin this month-long journey towards Christmas. We have hope in Jesus. We have hope in the stories that we see in the Bible and the promises of hope for our future. And we're going to examine both this morning, both the hope for a Savior and the hope that we have in the future. And we'll do this through the lens of Simeon's encounter with the baby Jesus that you heard Andrew read earlier. So if you'd like to follow along, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to approach this theme of hope through three different angles as we invite God's presence to speak to us through this story and call us to live lives that align with God's hopes for the world. Our first angle is the fact that hope is rooted in a sense of the incomplete. If you think about your hopes, hopes that you've had in the past, hopes that you have now, much of what we hope for, we hope for because we feel like something is missing or incomplete. Think again about the examples I gave a moment ago. I knew what it was like to sleep well. When that was removed from my life, I longed to get it back again and to feel complete. All of us worshiping together this morning, we knew what life was like before living in a pandemic. And together we long for help. We long to keep the vulnerable in our community safe. And we long for the ability to be with all the people we love at the same time. But now we're feeling the absence of those things, the incompleteness that comes with it. As we feel the absence of these things, our hope is that they will return and that we'll feel complete again. For Simeon, what was incomplete was Israel's need for a savior. They had been longing for a savior throughout the ages. And the children's message, Sarah spoke about the prophets and about how the people of Israel, 
felt lost and incomplete as they longed for a savior. Simeon grew up very much aware of this history. It's his story and it's his people's story. They long for the savior that God had promised. Let's look a bit more closely at what the passage tells us about Simeon. We see in Luke 2.25 that he was a resident of Jerusalem. This is the center of religious life for God's people. So when we hear about the prophets, when we think about these promises, these were things that Simeon and those around him were very much aware of. We read that he was righteous and that he was devout. The Holy Spirit was on him and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. This means that Simeon was waiting for Israel to be comforted and to be provided a reprieve from their suffering and from their longing. Because let's face it, God's people, Israel, had been through a lot. From slavery in Egypt to exile in Babylon to people from various foreign kingdoms like a rotating door being all up in their business, it hadn't been all peace and shalom for God's people. And amidst this history that was marked by significant loss, disappointment, and longing, there was always something better out there in the distance. There was always hope. Simeon had grasped this hope, this hope that the prophet spoke about, a day that was coming when a savior would arrive. The prophets, like we heard earlier, served a bit like a roadmap for God's people so that they could identify what that hope would look like. And their story was not complete until this promised Savior arrived. And in our passage this morning, we meet Simeon, who even in his old age is holding firmly to this promise from God that he will not wait forever. This was Simeon's clear hope. It's obvious in the few verses that we see about him. So what about us? What are our hopes? Yes, communally, a shared hope many of us have is that we will soon see a return to normal life. And yeah, that speaks to this moment in time. But this morning, I want us to also think bigger picture. As we consider Simeon's lifelong hope, what are some lifelong hopes that you have had, or simply put, what is it that you feel like you need to feel complete? Simeon needed to see and to hold the Savior. That satisfied his every longing, his lifelong longing. What is it that you need to satisfy that deepest desire in your heart? Perhaps it's Reconciliation, reconciliation in a relationship or with family or with friends. Maybe it's healing. Maybe you need to be healed on a variety of levels. If you've experienced pain, whether it's physical or emotional, maybe to feel complete, you need that pain to end. You need to be healed from that grief or loss that you're experiencing. And something I think a lot of people have been pondering this year is having some sort of sense of completeness as you think about the future. It's possible 
You might feel like you need plans for the future to feel complete. Plans that not only God knows, but that you know as well. With our hopes, with these things in our lives that we need to feel complete, as this comes to your mind, keep Simeon in mind as well, and Simeon's righteous and devout waiting. Because we're called to wait with expectation, like Simeon did. And that's in part because to be hoping is to be waiting. Waiting isn't fun. In fact, this morning, as I approached a stoplight to get out of my neighborhood, it was yellow, and I slammed on the brakes, and adding a whole 90 seconds to my morning drive forced me to be impatient and a little frustrated for a bit. But waiting, that's on a small scale. Waiting on a bigger scale, it's absolutely part of hope. We see it in Simeon's story, and I hope we can identify it in our lives as well. Now, hope, as we see it in the New Testament, it's translated from a Greek word, a noun, elpis. And this Greek noun shares the same root as a verb, elpizo, which can be translated as to anticipate or to actively wait for God's fulfillment. Hoping is an action, it's a verb, it's actively waiting for God's fulfillment. Simeon lived into this posture of waiting. He was righteous and devout, as we've seen, and we see in Luke 2.27 that he moved when God's Spirit told him to move. He had a keen sense of what God had in store for him and where God wanted him to be at what time. With this, his waiting was one that was active. He was in tune with God, actively waiting for God's fulfillment. He was living with hope. In just a few verses, we get a clear sense of Simeon's posture of waiting. And this posture of waiting that Simeon has, it leads him to be able to clearly listen to God's voice in Luke 2. As we think about our own hopes, as we think about waiting, ask yourself this morning, whose voice is it that you listen to when you're in a season of waiting? Whose voice is guiding you? Are you able to hear God's voice like we see Simeon hear it in Scripture today? Or is it drowned out by a lot of other clutter and a lot of other noise? As we live with hope, we live anticipating God's fulfillment of God's plans for us. But we can get lost hearing other voices. We can get derailed if our hopes are steered by voices we hear maybe on social media or maybe by people who have a tendency to complain or to be more pessimistic. Or if we hear voices steering us from people who don't have faith and hope that trust in God will be fulfilled. We need to make sure, like Simeon, in our posture of waiting for hope, that we can hear God's voice, that we can hear God's voice above all. That's where Simeon looked for answers. So as we consider the hopes, the deepest desires of our hearts, where is it that we're looking for answers when we're waiting? Where are you looking for answers when you find yourself in a season of waiting on your hopes? 
it might not always be as clear for us as it was for Simeon. It absolutely can be. And I've heard people speak to God working that way in their lives. Scripture reminds us that God works for our best interests. And we'll know when God's Spirit is nudging us, when our hopes are rooted in God's will and in God's desire for the world to be faithful and to flourish. Some people may hear a loud and clear voice of God directing them towards something that will fulfill their hope when they're waiting. Others will feel a silent nudge, and that's the beauty of God and the Holy Spirit, that God speaks in a variety of ways to all people. But I want you to pay attention to the fact in this passage this morning that Simeon is an active participant in this hope. Sometimes we can think that God's work in our lives will just happen to us. And sometimes that's the case. God surprises us. But often God is calling us to be active participants, to seek out God's will, to follow his commands. Remember, to hope is to actively wait for God's fulfillment. In the same way, Simeon is an active participant in his lifelong journey of hoping We are called to be active participants in hope. One way that you can help discern God's direction for you as you hold on to hope is to do so in community, to hope with others. Even the hopes that pertain only to you, these are things that you can share with other people. Do you have someone to talk to about your hopes and about what you need in life to feel complete? Do you have someone to pray about that for you or with you? If not, I really want to encourage you to reach out to me. You can reach out to Pastor Phil. Our emails are on the website or call the church phone number. We would love to walk in hope with you, particularly during this Christmas season. And we would love to connect you with other people at OTCC who are actively waiting for God's fulfillment. We want to be on that road together of actively waiting because hope fulfilled is a road that ends in peace. Yes, it entails waiting, but we know what's at the end of the road. God kept the promise to Simeon in Luke 2, and Simeon is at peace. His song is is almost beautiful. He is so content that he's ready to die. He says, Sovereign Lord, you can take me now. We have hope during this Advent season because of Jesus. We have hope because of the stories that we're going to visit in Scripture each week. And these stories fill our hope tanks. No matter how many times we've heard them, there's something special about hearing these Advent texts in December. They help us remember the ways that God has worked throughout history for God's people, and they give us confidence in our hopes for the future as we align them with God's hopes and God's vision for the world. We have hope in the present, and that's good news this morning. We know that this baby that Simeon meets grows up. We know that he's not just a baby, but that he's God in the flesh. He's the Savior. He's going to draw all people to himself. He's going to die for the sin of the world. He's going to defeat 
death on the cross, and he's going to share that victory with everyone who follows him. That's good news for the present. Jesus gives us hope right now. And we have hope for even more in the future because Jesus has promised to return. This Jesus we see in Scripture today, we know the story in the Gospels. He grows up. And there's one point where he's ministering to disciples and he tells them, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. Make sure you hear this future-oriented good news today as well. There is even more hope to come. Jesus promises to return, and as we reflect on the hope that we receive with the birth of Jesus through the lens of Simeon, we are also called to look forward to the hope we have in Jesus' promise to come back and make all things new. The same God who kept the promise to Simeon, the same God who spoke through the promises, this is the same God who put on flesh and dwelt among us and knows each of us personally. We need hope right now. I don't think anybody would contend or contest that there is not a need for hope in our community and frankly in our world. The opening of the Gospel of John, it identifies Jesus as a light shining in the darkness. And we all need some light here at the end of what has been a bizarre and dark year. But we have glimmers of light peeking through. Vaccines are on the way. It feels like we're about to turn the page in a variety of ways. Some of what we couldn't do in 2020, we very well may be able to do in 2021. God has delivered us in the present. And God will do so in a remarkable way that we can't fully comprehend in the future when he returns. Hope fulfilled, it's a road that ends in peace. And it's a good road to be on. And it's a lane we need to make sure we're in here on the first Sunday of Advent. So as Christmas season is, is right on our doorstep now, we are called to spread the hope of Jesus as all of that kicks into high gear this week. It's really neat. The light of Christ, it shines more brightly for many in these weeks leading up to Christmas. There's some people who might not see it or might not recognize it January through November, but something's going on leading up to Christmas. So we need to not only spread hope, but we need to be hope. We need to be hope to our families, to our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, whatever that might look like. You know, our mission statement here at OTCC, OTCC is that we're bringing hope through the truth of a timeless faith. I felt that this past week when I visited someone from our community, someone I used to see every Sunday in this sanctuary. Neither my family nor theirs had big Thanksgiving plans. 
And for both of us, it was very understandable, but also not without some feeling of loss or longing for something else. So this person made my family cookies, and my family made that person a pie. Our distanced front yard exchange was nothing extravagant, but it brought hope. Hope and a reminder that God is at work because it's God who binds us together and it's God who provides us hope in the future and right now in our present. There's hope that while this has been a tough time, good is absolutely coming. So in the week ahead, as you start decorating, as you start hearing Christmas carols, together, let's remember this hope that's realized in Simeon's story and also be encouraged about the hope that we have for our future. Because this Jesus that Simeon held, who later died and who then rose again, he has promised to come back and has called us to have hope as we actively wait for God's fulfillment in the world. Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you for placing hope right in front of us this morning. Lord, we know that we need hope. We know that the world needs hope. So help us not only spread your message of hope, but God, be hope to others. Lord, equip us by your spirit in the same way that you moved Simeon. Move us so that we act in accordance to your plan and your purposes to bring hope to others. God, thank you for calling us to participate in your mission in the world. And Lord, as Christmas approaches, it's a bit out on the horizon now, but as we journey towards Christmas, God, help us hear these stories freshly to give us hope, both hope in what you're doing for us here in the present and what you have promised that we actively await to be fulfilled in the future. Amen.